Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today, Tuesday podcast on the 28th of November, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, joined today by Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller on the news. Stories including the continuing concern over high input costs and what the reopened Cloverdale ethanol plant means to that community. Today's podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation today. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin here too with no major changes to our chilly weather. Ag markets mostly lower yesterday. John Zanker analysis on the way on the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Input costs are still on the minds of Hoosier farmers, and how the reopening of Poet's Cloverdale facility reflects on the growth of ethanol. I'm C.J. Miller, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Well, there are so many unknowns in farming, many leading to legitimate fears about business sustainability for your farming operation. So, what are your biggest concerns for your farm? As Eric Pfeiffer reports, Purdue Research is showing an interesting trend. People have consistently told us that their biggest concern is the risk of high input prices or a rising input prices. That's Dr. Jim Minter, director of the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture, who finds that to be very interesting. He says if you really think about the last 30 to 40 years, farmers have tended to be more concerned about the risk of lower crop and livestock prices. But, as you heard, his Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer, a monthly survey of producers, tells a different story. I think sometimes, you know, we kind of think, well, the economy's opened back up, COVID's over. Um, But I think from an agricultural producer perspective, things aren't quite back to normal. People are worried about things that historically were not at top of mind, and that's really influenced their, their sentiment and their outlook. Things like the risk of rising interest rates as well. The rise in fertilizer prices started this trend, but those prices look better than they did 12 months ago. It is true. That's a much better picture than 12 months ago. And I think people are going to be glad of that when they're um, doing some of their year-end purchases that we typically do in, in much of agriculture. But it's still elevated. And if you look at all the other inputs, they're actually still up even compared to last year, and last year was already an elevated level. So if you look at it from a little broader perspective, you know, the real issue is what are the break-even levels for corn and soybeans? And they are much higher than they were before the pandemic started. This, among other important topics, will be discussed on January 5th at their Top Farmer Conference. You can attend in person in West Lafayette or remotely. Details on how to get registered can be found at HoosierAgToday.com. 
I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Well, since it reopened in September, the Poet Bioprocessing Facility in Cloverdale has been a win-win for Indiana farmers and the state's ethanol industry. Recently, we put about $30 million into that plant, providing a market for about 34 million bushels of corn in that area, 50 full-time jobs, producing over 100 million gallons of, of bioethanol. And that's Doug Bervin, Vice President of Corporate Affairs for Poet. The facility in Cloverdale was acquired by Poet in 2010, but was idled in 2019 due to a tightening of federal regulations. But the loosening of those regulations a year and a half ago led Poet to reopen the Cloverdale plant. And I think it's a testament to how we see the future. Right, We wouldn't be spending this kind of money if we didn't think the, the future was really, really bright. So we're excited about opening that plant. It's bringing a market that farmers there, I think, will appreciate. Another significant role in Poet's decision to reopen the Cloverdale facility has been strong support from Indiana lawmakers for E15, a 15% bioethanol blend. Today, just about every gallon of gasoline in the country has 10% ethanol in it. We want that to be 15% ethanol. And then we want to go higher. And that's very possible because yields are increasing all the time. There's a surplus of grain out there, and that's why you've seen prices coming down a little bit. And so we think it's really important to increase our markets for grain, not only in the United States, but around the world. And so E15 is one of those efforts. Bourbon says he's proud of the partnership between Poet and Indiana's corn producers. Our company alone buys 7% of the U.S. corn crop. We purchase a billion bushels for our 34 facilities in eight states. But it's not us providing the market for the farmers, it's the farmers providing a product for us. So we work in tandem. We're connected at the hip, farmers and and bioethanol producers. We can't do it without the other one, right? And so we're really excited about the partnership that we have with the farmers out there. And uh, we're really excited about the potential of agriculture going forward. He adds that with all the advantages that bioethanol brings, it makes the industry even more attractive for continued growth. So if it wasn't for bioethanol today, you'd be paying probably $4 plus at the gas station. Bioethanol reduces the price at the pump for the consumer, provides a market for farmers, improves our environment, and provides energy security. Just think about 10 or 15 percent ethanol is 10 or 15 percent less we have to import from another country. It's a win-win-win all the way around. Poets Cloverdale facility is one of five that the company owns and operates here in Indiana. The others in Shelbyville, Alexandria, Portland, and North Manchester. Read more on the new Hoosier Ag Today mobile app, a free download for iPhone and Android. I'm C.J. Miller, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Radio Network. Let's face it. Operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Taking a look at the setup here across the area. No major changes for today. We're still chilly for sure. Cold Canadian air is definitely dominating and we have strong northwest flow. So in the northern part of the state, lake effect cloud cover, kind of like what we saw yesterday. And I won't rule out a few more lake effect snow showers in the typical lake effect areas. Now the rest of the state... 
We're not having to deal with that. We're just going to be seeing cold air with a mix of clouds and sunshine. Now, moving forward tomorrow, the cold air is still here, but it's starting to ease just a little bit, particularly tomorrow afternoon. We're going to see some temperature moderation. Uh, I'm going to call your Wednesday forecast not as chilly. And then as we move into Thursday, full sunshine and definite moderation in temperatures. We're warmer than we should be, and that's all due to south flow ahead of our next weather system. That weather system is going to start to make its presence known maybe midday and afternoon in the form of cloud cover on Thursday. But I don't think the rains in general get here until closer to sunset and then overnight, Thursday night through Friday. The storm system is taking a beeline through the Ohio Valley, and right now that puts moisture over about 75% of the state. The northern third to northern quarter probably doesn't get a whole lot out of this, but central southern Indiana definitely do. We're looking at rain totals anywhere from a quarter to three quarters of an inch for Thursday night, Friday, and that coverage again, 75 to 80% of the state. Now behind this, we cool down briefly as we get into the weekend. Saturday is chilly. Sunday, not so much. We have another surge in south winds on Sunday, and that's going to bring also a little bit of moisture. Hit and miss scattered showers for Sunday, especially afternoon and evening. Anywhere from a few hundreds to maybe a few tenths. Coverage around 60% of the state. That's going to be kicking out of here as we head towards sunrise on Monday morning. Maybe still a few lingering clouds Monday morning, but we'll eventually get sunshine by Monday afternoon. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, looking partly to mostly sunny. Pleasant. We're chilly to start for Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we get a lot warmer. Thursday, Friday, and beyond. As a matter of fact, from the 7th forward, I'm looking for us to be well above normal on our temperatures. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Chicago wheat leads markets lower. Flat day in soybeans. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Ian Eubank with the Monday Farm Market Review. Settlements coming up from a mostly lower day of trade throughout first market analysis to find out why those markets went lower. I checked in at the end of trade with John Zanker of Risk Management Commodities. John, corn and wheat, no positive story there as those markets work lower all day long. The soybean market back and forth, maybe buoyed only by higher meal and oil, but really beans couldn't mount much of a charge at all to open up the week. No, we uh, attempted a small rally from last night's lower opening, which didn't surprise me. These uh, The Montegrosso maps still don't look very impressive to me for moisture. There was some rain over the weekend. Yeah, there's certainly some areas of Montegrosso that are they're in pretty good shape as far as enough moisture to get planted and, 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 and get, uh, get the crops up out of the ground. But in general, again, what we're seeing is uh precipitation in that eight to 15 day time frame and when we get eight days out it's not there so um but it's just not enough at this point to uh, get the trade excited get the bulls reignited here um export shipments were not good again uh for corn and wheat uh 16.0 on corn wheat 10.2 uh that corn was uh, a 10 at least a 10 week low and uh, 8.5 below the 10-week average. And soybeans at 53.0 doesn't look horrible when you first glance at it, unless uh, you've been doing this as long as I have. <laughs> and, you, and you realize that in, the, uh, in November, that's not a very good number. And, and uh, you know, we have a problem, uh, not only on the Mississippi River with low water levels, but we have a Panama Canal problem. 
and uh, that's that's really shaking up uh, some of our exports into Asia, uh, which means we still have a, you know, we're still trying to get most of this stuff shipped off uh, out of the Pacific Northwest, and uh, that that's a tall order. So, just just a lot of things working against us here, and um, you know, we're down to two year lows in the corn. So, um, not a very good. Uh, not a very good look on the charts, that's for sure. That 16.0 corn export inspections number you referenced below the lowest of the trade estimates, so rather bleak. Yeah, it is. It um, you know one one good thing in the in the in the feed grains, I guess we could say, uh, if we're looking for something good, uh, uh, Milo was at uh, 11.0, which is an abnormally large number. Uh, one of the best numbers that I've seen in several years, actually. A 10-week average is 2.2, and all of that. Uh, went to China. So uh, it's not 100% bleak, <laughs> at least Andy. So there are some, there are a few good things out there, but uh, just not enough at this point. And, and again, you're looking from a technical perspective, what's the, what's the next downside objective? Uh, we've got, we're going away from the D's here pretty soon, but uh, March at 475, are, are we, uh, are we going to try to take the March off? or take the march down to where the deets goes off, and that may be below the 450 mark. Yes, I was going to ask about support levels in that 450 march corn, about 25 cents below where we sit today. Well, it's pretty bad when you have to go back and uh, look at the two, three, four, five-year charts on your charting system to try to find the support level. And uh, that's how bad things are right now. So um, I'm just, uh, I'm I'm very wary. Uh, You know, there's really nothing good looking on, on the January soybean chart, there's really not much support until we get down into that $13 area. So that's another 29 cents. I don't want to see come out of this. So uh, we'll see how this Brazilian weather shapes up. Argentina off to better start than a year ago. Uh, Brazil uh, planning's uh, estimated at 74% by ag rural, and that's the slowest in uh, eight years. So there is a problem brewing down there. Um, but we just can't uh, we just can't get much focus on it at this point, and and I guess that's somewhat understandable. We we've not ruined a South American crop in November yet, so uh, I think uh, I think the bears are in control for now, and we're just going to have to see that uh, weather situation in South America pop up again. But uh, I thought the end of harvest here and tight farmer holding would give us a little bit more support, but it's just not showing up yet, Andy. John Zanker there. He is with Risk Management Commodities. The number 866-837-9027. More numbers now. Settlements from Monday trade down over a nickel in corn. December ending at 455 and a half, seven and three quarters lower. March 475 and a quarter down seven and a quarter. May seven and three quarters off at 486 and three quarters. Just to the downside in beans. January losing a penny, 1329 and three quarters. And March a half cent lower, 1348 and a quarter. And December wheat lead lower, 534 and a quarter, a drop of 14 and a half cents. The meat markets got weaker as the day went on february live cattle settles at 168.82 down two dollars 15 cents and feb lean hogs 66.92 down 185 i'm into eubank with the monday market review this is who's your ag today indiana's most listened to farm radio network